You're listening to The Creative Production Lab. The Creative Production Lab is an audio podcast produced by the University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library. The Creative Production Lab is aimed at the University of Nebraska at Omaha's students, staff, and faculty of our academic community. But all projects, hints, tips, and otherwise any information here is applicable to anyone interested in any creative activity or project we may be engaged in. For more information, go to library.uinomaha.edu. So, yeah, one of the things that I'm going to be doing this season is cutting everything down to a single episode, even if it's going to be longer, because guess what our stats say, Sean? Uh, People don't watch the first one or they don't watch the second one. Yeah, or they only watch the second one on the basis that uh, it's the newest one and it sucks. So that's going to be the transition for this one. Well, God knows I'd skip a podcast where everything was two parts. Oh, you ain't kidding. So dumb, dumb on my part thinking, hey, we'd get better statistics if I cut it down under 30 minutes. And that's no way true. We just going to make long podcast and then post them more regularly because what does our research show on that one, Sean? Uh, that you're lying and we're not going to post them more regularly. Yeah, yeah we're not. Uh, actually, that's the announcement for that. We're, I'm going to keep in this uh, is we're just going to post them whenever the hell we want to uh, because our viewership, all two of you, uh, thank you. Thank you, Marina. We're just going to say Marina uh, and Joyce, thank you for listening. Uh, I got my mom to watch the first couple. Yeah. Uh, I don't and know that, if she kept watching. That was nice. And and, and and I think Maggie Shadow watched for me using her Spotify account. Just turn it on in the background. Yeah, but uh, she, she was not interested. So please, I hope I, from the people that were interested, like the, the business folks, maybe, yay, we're good. Uh, but otherwise, yay. So for folks that don't know us uh, or have not listened to season one, all of you, anybody that's listening here now, uh, this is Charles Fisher. I'm the supervisor here in the Creative Production Lab, and... Uh, my name is Sean Plasinski. I'm a student assistant in the Creative Production Lab. And we're spicing it up a bit on how we're recording. Normally, uh, in the pandemic, when we started this, we were recording entirely over Zoom with our own devices from completely different spaces. Uh, then we shut down our recording booth and purchased a Yeti Blue USB mic, which is what we're recording from here. So if the audio is a little bit different, uh, we're trying something out. And enjoy. It's really weird. I'm staring Charles in the eyes as I record because yeah. we're directly across from each other on a table. Yeah. So there's no other place for me to look if I'm going to talk into the mic than directly into Charles's eyes. And he keeps avoiding my eye contact. Yes. That, <laughs> I, I'm, but I'm, I also I, I always want to look at the waveform from the recording because it's actually looking a little hollow right now. But unless I'm like this close where it's perfect, I get a little bit further away. Or I turn my head and it completely changes what it sounds and looks like. I'm not convinced it was perfect even when you brought your head in. It, it ain't. Uh, it, it is what it is and it's a good test and we're going to use it as a test. And we're going to keep it as a short test because what we're going to talk about today is not the microphone. It's not even the CPL, which we've closed for the next hour uh, to be able to record this. It's 3D printing. Yeah, I know we talk about From it a home. lot. At home. Yeah. At home. 3D printing at home. Yeah, we want to talk about because Sean and I have our own 3D printers at home because while here in the CPL, we have uh, high-end medical printers for resin printing and our $6,000 like workhorse Taz from Cura. It's it, not from Cura. It's from Lulzbot. Lulzbot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way in uh, sweet baby Jesus that anybody needs to purchase either of those for occasional at-home craft printing. You can get it way cheaper 
And Holy Biscuits has there been a revolution just in the last year of just how cheap you can do really good printing at home. So we're going to talk about that. It's probably going to sound like a sales pitch because we're going to talk about like two companies and maybe the stuff we buy the resin and the filament from. But you know what? Short, sweet. Uh, they do have a lot of sales and uh, maybe they'll sponsor us. That'd be that'd be fresh as hell uh, if they sponsor. We haven't got a sponsorship yet. Nobody cares. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'll go ahead and I'll start because no offense to Charles's printers. I think my printer is more of the standard printer that somebody's going to be buying. If you're buying a 3d printer. Absolutely. So I own a, uh, Creality 3d Ender 3 pro. The company's called Creality 3d. The model is the Ender 3 pro. And when I bought it, I bought it for about $250 out the door, tax and shipping included. Um, looking it up on their website right now, Creality sends the se sells the exact same printer I bought right now for two hundred and twenty three dollars, uh, which is really really good because my, the Creality the reasons I bought it are a its bed is a two hundred by two hundred millimeter bed, which is so, the size of our largest printer, which is the here size of our largest printer that we spent six grand on. So you can have that pretty good printer bed size. Um, and it is also, it has a, um, at least one I, the one I bought, um, has a Honeywell, uh, uh, power supply on it. Yeah. So it's got a name brand power supply, which when you're doing 3d printing, uh, your power supply is kind of important. Uh, you don't want to skimp <laughs> out on a power supply. The rest of the things are kind of hobbyist level. You can tune them, you can replace them, but the, that power supply is going to be kind of a pain in the butt to do anything with. So it has a, it had a name brand power supply when I bought it. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it was, it was an upgradable printer. Yeah. So out the box, the Ender three pro runs fantastic. Uh, I buy, I buy a hatch box, uh, PLA for mine, which is the, uh, cheapo $20, uh, stuff off Amazon. And I have had zero issues with Hatchbox on my printer. Uh, we've had issues with Hatchbox here. But, uh, yeah, but that, it was, that, that's what, because we use the weird three millimeter filament yes. to print faster. And that's just, it's not as common as why you might want to print at home and why yours works so well is because, you can get everything you want at 175 millimeter yeah, filament. The the Creality that I bought is a uh, 1.75 millimeter uh, nozzle, which is smaller uh, but that results in higher detail. It results in uh, longer print times, but higher detail. Um, and a lot more. And one of the things we're seeing with our current Prusa is a lot more really options. options and consistency too. Consistency. Um, so yeah, uh, Creality uses the Cura slicer, uh, which is kind of the box standard. It has a, it's a slicer that you can use for all your things. And is dog simple. It's to really use. simple, but the Cura. It, a slicer is the program that you use to make the 3D print files. It's Cura. Um, let's see, what else about mine? Uh, some of the common upgrades. Uh, replacing the springs. It's not self-leveling. You have oh. to level it yourself. Uh, uh, you can replace the springs on it so it keeps its level for a decent amount. Uh, I've never really had a problem with it. Um, and then you can replace the bed, a higher quality bed. The one that it comes with? It was pretty good. I have not had to replace the bed yet, but I do have a replacement bed waiting for it if I ever need to. Does that have that cool, like, does yours do you use the magnet. flexible magnetic bed? Yeah, yeah, it's a flexible magnetic bed, which 
uh, shockingly works really, really well. Yeah, I'm finding that out with that Prusa. This this flexible magnetic bed is sweet to just pop, lift yeah. off. And you can buy those for like 20 bucks from Creality to replace yeah. them if you need to. Um, the other most common upgrade is a uh, new motherboard. Because if the Creality is one thing and one thing only, it's hella loud. Yeah. It is, it, it is a cheap printer that you can modify to high heaven. And that works really well. Uh, you do have to build it. You have to build it yourself. It works really out the box, but um, it's really loud. So you can place that with motherboard. It's quieter. Yeah, and and it's and that that's one thing. So let's say uh, I I purchased uh, my first three D printer like five six years ago, relatively late in the home like three D printing stuff. But I, I bought mine with a hundred millimeter bed, so kind of the same size as our minis here in the CPL. If folks have come in and check those out, and I spent like four hundred and eighty dollars on it thinking I was getting a good deal, which was a really good deal at the time for a dual extruder printer. But the thing, I could, I got like one week's worth of printing off it. It never quite worked right. I put it together myself. It was from a company that I'd never heard of, but they were using like the Prusa open source model structure and it just never quite worked. Prusa but, is another company that makes 3D printers. Yeah, and uh, they've got the Prusa Mini is a super affordable entry-level one that you open up the box and it just works. Yes, but they are more expensive yeah. than something like a Creality, which you have to assemble yourself and comes from, it's some Chinese company. Creality is a Chinese company that sells them just in bulk yeah. for super cheap. Not the highest quality parts, but you can replace them all. They're upgradable. And it works. Yeah, and lots of, lots of community options. It, There's what, forums, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what I like about, so specifically, that's just buying a printer, doing stuff at home. Like what you're doing right now, Sean, is you're making cosplay parts. Yeah, so the, that's why I bought my 3D printer, is to do cosplay parts. Um, so the, you can find a lot of 3D models for cosplay online. You don't have to model it yourself. Uh, my current project, I literally bought the file from some guy on Etsy. Um because unless your project is to make a 3D file, don't bother trying to make your own 3D file if it exists online. Especially for like 30 or 40 bucks. Uh, it would take me, my hourly pay, it would take me much more than 30, $40 worth of my time to uh, to model it. Oh yeah, uh, you're valuing your own time enough to recognize to, that you can pay someone else to have mm -hmm. already done the work is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Which is another reason why home 3D printing for larger products like in here, We've got an eight hour time limit and we're closed on Saturdays. And our time limit is make sure that the printer turns off. It doesn't get screwed up when we change shifts. We talked about this in, in prior episodes. But if you got your own printer and you want to get into the hobby of it, and let's say you start a print at like eight in the morning on Saturday and kind of babysit it, you can get relatively large, complex prints at home at an absolute fraction of the price of telling someone else to do it uh, or even requesting it online from somebody else. It, it opens up a whole lot of really cool options when it's just something running in the basement or some, if your garage is an enclosed garage, an option too. When it comes down to it, I can buy a kilogram worth of filament that works on my printer really well for 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, through us, even, uh, a kilogram worth of printing is significantly more expensive than right. that. Because we factor in wear and tear on the machines and everything like that. Failures. But, failures. But when it's your machine... Uh, you're investing that time and sure you're going to have to do maintenance on your machine every once in a while but when it comes down to it it's not a huge amount of it's not a, it, it, it's if you're willing to put in the time on like a Saturday it's like laundry you put it on in the background 
Uh, printers are a little bit more keep track of it. Uh, uh, but, you know, the value of it, in the end, it'll pay itself off if you're doing this type of thing as a hobby. Yeah. Because, like, the mask that I'm making right now, $300 otherwise. And, I mean, I'm not going to come in a huge amount under in terms of the time that I'm putting into it. But I'm also getting a product that I want in my way. Yeah. And and you get you get the benefit, especially, like, in the cosplay community. I printed this. I joined it. I put it together. It's It's a cool stay at home, stay safe hobby to kind of get into and showcase a lot of what you can do with the tech and relatively inexpensive right in road. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and that kind of leads me into what I've been doing lately and transitioning to different kinds of printers. So some folks know that have sent in, uh, let's say your Hero Forge figures or D&D figs and stuff where we do a lot of Dungeons and Dragons things in here, including right now we're printing a bunch of, um, well, entire 28 millimeter armies for a chain, for a chainmail thing. Uh, we're using our Prusa, which is very similar to Sean's regular plastic extruder printer to make dungeon, like dungeon wall kits that snap together. But for figurines, they're small enough and specific, like the detail oriented enough that you need a resin print to do it. And this is where I think like the current revolution of home printing is at because you can get, and this is the printer I have at home is a photon mono, which is a little, it's six inch by six inch bed. Uh, I think it's like 85 millimeters or something, something like that. I'm, I'm doing the calculation or like 100, 100, 100, 115. There it is. That's better. Um, bed that prints from liquid resin. And it, we're using a uh, LCD screen that projects exclusively UV light. It used to be you had to have, and we had this, the the, the little RP. Yeah, the little RP used uh, a, a literal projector. With a custom lamp. With a custom lamp. And it was not, it, it literally printed from a PowerPoint that it played on the projector. Yeah. For each level. It for was e not great. It, it was it, terrible. And it radically inconsistent. And even at a DIY cost, the projector was $800. The pieces for the kit was another $300. Uh, the company that offered the kit went under within a year of selling it. Before they, it was the, a Kickstarter thing that just didn't get out of Kickstarter. Failed miserably, yeah. right? And we, the prints that we were getting off of it were, if they were really good when they worked, but were only working like one in 10 prints. Now with something like the Photon Mono or the Mono X, uh, oh, thanks, thanks, Sean. Um, or or any of the stuff that you, for $150, you can get a completely enclosed resin printer that you can print absolutely perfect Warhammer and D&D &D figures in a matter of like five hours. And what's even cooler of this is like within the last year of things that have changed, our printer in here, our giant $6,000 medical resin printer that uses $150 cartridges of fluid um, has to be washed in alcohol and the resin itself is caustic. It's bad for your skin. It's really bad for your skin. Don't it, touch it. Yeah, it, it, it's yuck. So we got like real like black, nice black uh, gloves and, and like industrial grade alcohol, which is also bad for everything that it touches and to breathe in. At home printer, which the 6,000 bucks, but it prints it pristine, perfect. For folks that have gotten our models from here, Mm, moi, for $5, you are getting a $50 figurine that you would have purchased online. Mm -hmm. But one of these, $150 bucks for the machine, 
Matter Hackers sells water washable resin. No, it's epoxy free resin with no odor. It has changed up how much I print at home because now all I got to do is it doesn't make my my office stink. My 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 studio has, has little to no like stench from alcohol anymore. I don't got to worry about starting a fire. I hit print on that machine and five hours later, I have an entire fresh D&D party ready to go. And then I just put them with some distilled water in a cheap little jewelry cleaner and my figurines are done. And if I even want to UV cure them, you can, but you don't really have to anymore. That used to be a thing you had to do. You just leave them out in the sun for like 20 minutes. Yeah, for it. those of you who don't know, the sun is UV. Just put it in a windowsill. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to make a, I've had people talk to me. It's like, oh, I need a UV cure it. You need to make like a little UV bath thing. You don't have to. No, that, yeah, you don't you don't even have to do much post-processing. And this is the, the thing for both, like FDM. So filament printing and resin printing, the materials themselves have come down in cost. Like the $150 cartridge we use for our industrial thing in here, the same amount of fluid for an at-home machine is $28. Yeah. Now, there will be a fair warning. If you're doing normal plastic printing, it does require more post-processing than resin printing. Yeah. Uh, to get looking like an actual prop versus a 3d printed thing yeah which isn't a problem in and of itself it's still but, less but time with, but with, let's let's say four years ago to get i would have had to use an epoxy based resin and industrial alcohol on a five thousand dollar machine to, that it was only available in a place versus i can go to amazon i can pick up a 30 dollar roll of pla that's formulated like abs so for folks that's a corn-based plastic that functions similarly to oil-based engineering-grade plastic. That's how things have changed just in the last couple years for printing at home. It's not just cool little toys. You can do engineering-grade stuff with a, with a $200 printer, and you can make super pristine art-grade stuff with another $150 printer. And you bring up a really good point about the PLA. It's something I forgot to mention. The filament that I use is called PLA, polylactic acid. Uh, it is a... Corn sucrose-based uh, filament. So it's biodegradable. Uh, not super biodegradable, but enough. Better than oil-based Better plastic, than oil -based for sure. Plastic. Yeah. Uh, but since it's corn-based, uh, I can. I have my 3D printers in my bedroom. I can take a nap with it running, and I'm beside... I mean, I keep a fire extinguisher around because it's heat, no yeah, matter what. Yeah. Even if the printer is super safe, I've never had a problem with it. Um, it there's no issue. You know, I don't have to open up a window in my bedroom. I don't have to have a fan going or anything like that. It it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's good. And kind of it actually smells nice. We found that out with the the Prusa we were we were cooking in here a little bit, where it melted one of the models that I printed this morning, uh, and the tip was coated in plastic. So I reheated it, and what does it smell like? Kettle corn. It smells like kettle corn. It smells like kettle corn if it gets melty, and it's kind of nice. It's enjoyable that way. Yeah, but it's. You don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, and that's the big push of why this might even be a re relatively short episode overall of the inexpensive nature of the machines, the inexpensive nature of the materials, the vast superiority of contemporary 3D printing materials, both for resin and for filament printing right now, of while we love to have people in here and use our industry-grade stuff that literally just works, sometimes when you, you know, graduate from UNO, and want to do this on your own or have a project that just doesn't quite fit in our availability, strongly consider doing this. And let's take this for an example from artist folks. If you can get three people together 
and you're all working in maybe ZBrush a little bit because you've stolen it. <laughs> I don't know, ZBrush is expensive. It's second. very expensive. Let's say you're working in Blender and Mudbox. We don't, don't advocate those for free. stealing. Uh, we don't advocate stealing. Uh, get Blender. Yeah, just, just learn to use Blender. It's free. It's open sourced. Uh, join the community. But let's say you're working in Blender. There's, there's, our, there's our cut. Uh, we're working in Blender and you as a collective are working and making 3D models for an art show versus if you all have one 3D print that you're trying to showcase for an art show for each of you, each of your prints that you would have sent in to a place like Shapeways Online would be 175 bucks a piece. Let's say a nine inch tall art figurine. And that's just in cheap FDM. If you're doing resin, it would have been more expensive. If you're doing art grade printing or just show-based stuff, it's less, less costly and I'd say more fun to just own the printer as a group and start using it than it is to use commercial options elsewhere. Well, and you also, because I mean, there's also the engineering point of view of it's really easy to bang out a whole bunch of different prototypes really quickly on a 3D printer you have in-house yep. or on your own. Um, and taking it from even farther hobbyist point of view, you know, I'm doing cosplay with mine. Uh, that's great. And, you know, a lot of cosplay contests I know won't let you enter unless a certain percentage of your costume is handmade, you know, because, I mean, it's not a contest if you just bought it all online. Um, yeah. But uh, but also even farther than that, if you're not doing anything specific with you don't have to necessarily do it. It's getting to the point where it's cheap enough where you could just buy a printer as a hobby. Yeah. Your hobby doesn't even have to be 3D modeling. Your hobby doesn't have to be whatever comes from your 3D printer. Your hobby can just be 3D printing. Yep. And I know a lot of people who they just 3D print things because it's cool and they like playing with their 3D printer. They like doing those custom upgrades. They like pushing the limit of what they can get out of their machine. And that's that's a hobby. And it's getting to the point where it wasn't cheaper. It wasn't, that's not a viable hobby in the past. Right. But now, you know, if you've had enough disposal, if you got a, like a little bit of that disposable income, it's a one-time purchase, but it's not super expensive. Yeah. You know? It's nice, but for, let's say, take it from an educational perspective, because you're about to be a teacher, right? I and am. you've already interested, and we, we've talked about this. In the back of your classroom, you want a resin printer or mm -hmm. a 3D printer, where at the beginning class or that beginning day, a student who's been doing really well, yeah. or just you might want to connect with, you could say, you know what, bud? You, you get an A on this test, let's say B. Well, you get better on this test, and we'll print you a little figurine for your next game. Yeah. Like that type of access level, if that would have happened to me at high school at all, that would have been great. Like that yeah. would have been like one of those core memories you hold on I, to. I will, I will go off on an entire episode about uh, this type of stuff in tech in education. I, which I, sounds like a great episode uh, in the future. Yeah. But at, like just for real, the, the people talk about, you know, different like you don't have to go to college to get to be successful in life. Right. Or you shouldn't have to. Right. And so I, I say it's like sitting in a university. <laughs> it. um, but point being, you know, uh, from an education point of view, a maker club where you just come and you 3D model stuff and you print stuff after school. Uh, these things are cheap enough that you can have them in the back of your classroom. You know, you got a kid that you know really likes Mario yeah. or some sort of video game. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you've been doing really good lately. 
let's 3D, like, you know, let's 3D print you something and, you know, you connect with them on level of painting it yeah. or designing something and printing it. But there's just so much that this opens up. I was in robotics club as a kid, you know, as a, when I was in high school. You, if you're making your little robot and, you know, I really need this very specific piece for it. As a 15-year-old, I don't know how to fabricate. No. But I can learn how to 3D model pretty easily. Yeah, with, with Tinkercad Which, and a base idea what the heck you need to do. It's done. not difficult. Right. And, you know, and then you, you go up to your teacher. It's like, hey, I got this model. Can we print it? A hundred percent. It'll be done tomorrow. You know, that's just the level of access to different forms of technology and art that a 3D printer can give you, and especially with the price they've come down to, yeah, it's an essential part of a engineering or a STEM-based high school classroom. Yeah, or even, let's say, for adult learners or folks that are in college already, and you just want to have, and I would argue, you have to have technology as part of your education. Mm -hmm. But maybe you don't, like, with, with your credit structure, you can't take an additional 3D printing course or an engineering class. Well, guess what? Versus $1,200 for that entire course and whatever fees you got to pay, put that into and potentially have a 3D printer at home. And like Sean's saying, how do, how do I upgrade the motor? How do I upgrade a motherboard? How do I change firmware? Uh, how do I investigate the different kinds of plastic? If you want to include an interest in technology for your own education, this operates as an inroad. Kind of like I say, video games are video games and games as a whole are a great inroad to systems thinking. That's one side of it. We'll do a podcast about that later. In fact, I think we already have with, with the Game Jam stuff. But on this one, 3D printing at home, having that machine in front of you that you can fiddle with to your heart's content at an accessible price point now, or don't fiddle with it at all and just print cool stuff, gets that idea of how does technology exist in reference to your life, your education, in, in a really fun way. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe you want to get into D&D, maybe you don't. But what can you learn about printing, D what can you learn from printing D&D &D figures on a resin printer uh, and, and just handing them out? Or maybe you really just want to do gifts. Like people I know get, get a Cricut so they can like make like die cut stickers for people at home. Well, if you download junk from Thingiverse, not junk, really cool stuff. We download the vast that majority people, of our project from that Thingiverse. That people are amazingly uh, yeah. generous putting online for free. Yeah, for free, talented files. And you know what? There's your entire gift collection for people all year. Uh, handmade, like I say handmade, robot made, really. But simply opening up an existing like pendant and uh, using a Tinkercad to put somebody's name on it ooh, and hand it to them. That's a thoughtful, both technology integrated gift that they're really kind of blown away by. And, and like, it's just fun. So it's it's a good inroad to doing so much. And it just blows me away because we were talking about this as Photon was having a sale for that Photon Mini. And it was what, $119 for something that three years ago I paid $400 for was both angering and this like freeing idea of this, this you can you can get it. And if we're going into November, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of like uh, shipping issues collectively right now. Stuff's gonna get hard to get, but so many of these have been made in the past two years that you can scoop one up, bring it home, and it's the family toy. I mean, make cookie cutters. 
at home, I have literally done that for my girlfriend's uh, grandmother to win some massive brownie points. And, uh, and actual brownies. And, well, we made sugar cookies out of them. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it, literally 3D print a uh, cookie cutter. I've yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I would think it is, as a kid who grew up in the 90s, um, and, like, die cutters or machines like this would have been things you would have had to, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere, drive into the city, see if some company had them, or maybe Mangelson's, like, they've got that die cutter kit that's in there. Like, that that's an entire experience to try to have to piece together just to access to it. And now you can just be like, you know what? Uh, we've got, we're, we're just going to pull this thing out, uh, and we're going to do a thing this weekend. Between Saturday and Sunday, you've got cookie cutters done. You've got uh, holiday gifts completed, family ornaments. Here's a, the fun question of, hey, can I 3D print a photo? You absolutely can. And it's really, really easy because there are websites where you upload your photo, it turns it into lithophane, and you 3D print it in like six hours. Yes, you can. If you you give that to grandma of an of an ornament with everybody's face on it, 3D printed in physical plastic, they're going to get blown away. And if your access roads, like if you told me in 2002, what would you pay for a custom ornament that has all 3D with your family's faces on it? Some Yahoo on uh, cable news would have been like, well, it's only $49.99. Nah, dog. That's like 15 cents of plastic. It ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, 3D printing at home. Yeah. Do it. It's, uh, it's, it's the new version of an easy bake oven. <laughs> you know? Honestly, could you? I'm, th- I'm thinking now, depending on light bulb, could you 3D print an easy bake oven? Uh, no. No. Don't do that. Uh, my my answer is absolutely not, uh, unless you are willing to buy other things to put inside of it, because you can't really three D print a light bulb. Although you can three D print metal, not with a not with a two hundred dollar Creality. Maybe are you no. sure about that? Honestly, you probably could. That might I be know, fun. I know for an absolute fact the Creality I have can print copper filament. Oh well, damn. Uh, you need to buy a different nozzle for it. Oh yeah, because it'll shred up that brass one that's uh, in there. But I'll tell you what. It's 10 bucks for a new nozzle. They screw on, you screw another one in. That's it. Yeah. It, they're blown away. The the junk dual extruder that I got, uh, that I keep, I complain about every time I get an opportunity to complain about it. Man, yeah, the nozzle, the nozzle reconnector was permanently housed on uh the heater core. You, you had to swap out the entire head just to get a different, just different header. It sucked buns. But it's so much better now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do it. And not to push it too hard, but uh, guess what? You can make all your own, like if you want to make your own board games, you will never again have a missing piece inside of your home board games or designing your own if you've got one here. And we don't need to go into that because we talked about games too much, but this is, this is, get into it and enjoy it. Yeah, it's not, and there's so much community online. Uh, there's, it's such a thing now mm-hmm. that you don't have to, you know what you're doing to start right you don't it's when it comes down to it you really don't need to know anything about anything to start it no you just know that you want to yeah and, and you can figure it out youtube will be there and oh guess what we'll be here we have done this on numerous occasions if you pick up a photon right now or a creality and you can't bring it into the cpl i'm just like i'm not 100 percent sure we will plug that in and we will help you figure that out that's half the reason we got the prusa 
is, hey, I'd like to look at and deal with a printer that I could have at home. Can you please help me? And the answer is absolutely, please let us help you. Yes. So let's do it. Honestly, that's that's our 30 minutes. Let's call this, Sean. There you go. Yeah, that's that's one solid episode. Folks, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Creative Production Lab. Uh, check out 3D printing. If you have any questions, stop into the lab or send us an email. Uh, I did not get paid to say any of that about Creality, but if they <laughs> want to send me a check, uh, reach out. Uh, I'll let you. I'll give you my address. Or, or even, even if they, if they, if they could throw in, you know, just an auto leveler kit, that might save everybody. Everything. I don't know if Creality makes an auto leveler oh, just, kit. Just I think they're company. third party. Eh, that's okay. They're three out. They're third party. Cool. Well, in the meantime, I'm gonna go resin print some stuff at home. Uh, and I'm gonna go uh, finish a finish a mask. Do you printing a mask? Nice. Rock on. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I'm waving. You can't tell. <laughs>